Make a statement for your 1911 with the Master Series Laser Grips from Crimson Trace. For the first time, combining instinctive activation with the exceptional look, feel, and durability of natural wood and G10 materials. CrimsonTrace.com Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where all the women are fast, all the men are accurate, and all the children are aware of their muzzles. Hey, I'm so glad you could be with us today. I'm Tom Gresham. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, or just dial one tom talk guns Of course, we have the uh, the gun giveaway still going on, the Ruger 1022 takedown. Go to guntalk.com slash contest. Now, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 18 years on the air and writing about guns for 40 years. You know, if you've listened for any length of time, about the tragic stories of people who are trying to obey the law, trying to do everything right, complying with federal law in transporting their guns, and then they're in either New York or New Jersey, and even though they're doing it right, the gun is unloaded, no ammo, it's in a locked case, New Jersey and New York don't care what the federal laws are, and they arrest people on very serious charges. And it, it's quite frankly, it's a mess. And so to address that, and I'm really glad this is happening, uh, Virginia Congressman Morgan Griffith has introduced a new bill to change the Firearms Owners Protection Act to basically solidify the rights and protections we have in that. And he joins us right now, Congressman Morgan Griffith. Uh, Congressman, thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm glad to be on. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Now, as I say, I've been following this for many years and watching these tragic stories of people who have no intent to break the law. They're trying. In fact, they are complying with the federal law. And then certain states and actually certain cities simply don't care, and they arrest them on felony charges. It's a very, very serious matter, and, the, and this bill, uh, HR forty-two sixty-nine, is uh, designed to fix that. And it says that uh, the state has to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt, as opposed to making it an affirmative defense, which New York has tried to do. And if somebody is arrested and there's no probable cause of any other violation of law, then they can ask the court for attorney's fees. And I think that uh, that stick on the states and the cities will be a very helpful one, because if they start having to pay the attorney's fees to defend these suits, I think it'll bring a stop to those actions. How did this come about? How did you uh, get the idea of introducing this bill? Well, in all fairness, I said to my friends at the NRA, I said, I would love to carry something, and uh, they know that I used to be the majority leader in Virginia, uh-huh. and carried a lot of pro-gun legislation down there, and so they brought an idea to me, and we worked together over months to try to get it in language that we really liked, and uh, I think we've got a pretty good fit here. And I'd like to mention also that it's, it's not just my bill, but uh, Ted Poe of Texas and Bill Owens, a Democrat out of New York, are also uh, uh, original patrons of the bill. Or sponsors that is of the bill. A, that's a great point, because we have uh, three congressmen here, and one is a Democrat from New York who are pushing this. And obviously, this this is not a partisan bill. I guess that would be the first thing to try to get out, right? Absolutely. It's not a partisan bill. It's like you said. What we're trying to do is to make sure that people who are trying to obey the existing law aren't being caught up by some uh, interpretation by a state or local government that then puts them in jeopardy of felonies. And the problem is is that when somebody gets charged with a felony, that's a big-time charge 
and a lot mm-hmm. of folks don't have the money to defend it, so they'll plead down to a lesser charge. That's injustice, and uh, this hopefully will make things fair and bring about a better sense of justice, particularly for folks who are innocently traveling through, as you mentioned, New York and New Jersey, are the two states where we've seen most of the problems. Because but if for they're years traveling and following the law, they shouldn't have to worry about being charged with a felony because they're trying to do what's right. Exactly. For years we've told people, they say, well, what's the deal about traveling with a gun? I said, look, the Firearms Owners Protection Act, FOPA 1986, says if the gun is unloaded and it's locked up and you don't have access to it, then if you're legal where you start and you're legal where you finish, then you're legal all the way through driving across the United States. And while that's true, unfortunately, some of these people, and there have been some real horror stories, uh, are you going to have, I mean, I don't know what the procedure is, but it would be great if you had a chance to have some of the people who have run afoul of this in New York and New Jersey actually come out and be able to address Congress or address somebody on this. Well, certainly ask the Judiciary Committee to hold a hearing on it, and I would anticipate that that would be part. I certainly will request that, and I would anticipate that would be a part of the hearing Mm. Uh, before this bill is, is taken up for uh, passage in that in that particular committee. So what can we do? For those of us around the country, what can we do to help? I mean, the bill is H.R. 4269. I think it's a great idea and long overdue. So what can we do to help? Well, I think everybody ought to contact their uh, congressperson and ask them, A, to be a uh, co-sponsor of the bill, and particularly if they sit on the Judiciary Committee to ask the chairman to, I mean, I think the chairman will, but to ask the chairman to expedite a hearing so we can get the thing, uh, get the bill rolling. Uh, okay. I, I have no reason to believe that uh, Chairman Smith is not uh, favorable, and I believe that he will, in fact, hold hearings on it, but the sooner the better. Well, exactly. Let's get this done so we can get the protections that we thought we were getting in 1986, and most of us have, unless you go into New Jersey, New York, and I think Boston, if I remember right, has done the same thing on a, a city basis. So, yeah, there are some cities. The two states are, are New York and New Jersey, but there are also some cities that I understand have had problems. So, Exactly this, right. As you said, with the exception of the attorney's fees and making it clear that uh, the state has to prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt that this was not intended as an affirmative defense, this really doesn't change the old law. It just... No clarifies it and makes it clear that these folks have been misinterpreting it uh, won't have any room to maneuver in the future. And I, I should point out, the NRA is, is being sure to clarify. They're saying, look, this is, while we're supporting a national reciprocity bill, this is not that. All this is is saying this is what Congress meant in 1986. It's what we still mean, and we've got to change it up so we can explain it to the slow-witted ones of you in New Jersey and New York. There you go. I know you didn't say that, but I'm happy to. Congressman, thank you so much for what you're doing there. Hey, thank you, and I appreciate all you do, and uh, we'll continue to listen to you on WFIR here in Roanoke. I sure appreciate it. All righty. This is a good one to get behind, everybody. 4269, that's H.R. 4269. I would urge you, I would ask you, contact your congressman, congresswoman, congressperson, and ask him or her, to become a co-sponsor of H.R. 4269. Yeah, it's that good. All right, open lines, 866-TALK-GUN. Smith & Wesson Bodyguards. Carry more comfortably. 
walk more confidently. When it comes to personal protection, nothing beats a bodyguard. Choose the lightweight, compact, and concealable Bodyguard 380 pistol or the Bodyguard 38 revolver, both with a built-in laser sight. The Smith and Wesson Bodyguards carry more comfortably, walk more confidently. Since 1997, Access Sights have been helping good guys take care of bad situations. The industry leader in gunfighter sights for pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Access Sights are the upgraded solution to your defensive firearms. Learn more about Access Sights and purchase them at accesssights.com. You can also order your new gun with Access Sights already installed from companies such as Smith and Wesson, Ruger, Remington, Mossberg, and Marlin. If you need a gun, you need Access Sights. Time is running out to get your tickets for the Outdoor Dream Giveaway, and Gun Talk listeners get a special deal. You could win a 2011 Ram 2500 4x4 and a 21-foot Ranger boat with Evinrude motor and custom trailer and a Can-Am Commander side-by-side and a $10,000 prepaid gas card and $30,000 cash to help pay for the taxes. Plus, it's for charity. Your donations for entries are tax-deductible and will benefit wildlife and conservation causes. Here's the Gun Talk deal. Go to OutdoorGiveaway.com and enter the code GUNTALK5. You'll get your tickets doubled for any donation over $20. Or call toll-free to 855-459-6400. Use the code GUNTALK5 and get double bonus tickets for any donation over $20. That's OutdoorGiveaway.com. Eight six six Talk Guns is the number here. That's how you get a hold of us. Let's go to the phones. Let's see. Uh, line four, Rick, Kingwood, Texas. Hey, Rick, you're on Gun Talk. What's up? Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, you bet. While I was on hold, I came up with a another question that I'd like to ask more. But my initial question was the proper way uh, in the state of Texas uh, to buy a firearm from an individual, say a next door neighbor. You can just buy it straight out. The laws allow that. And if it's somebody you know, I wouldn't worry about it. If it were somebody I didn't know, I would want to make sure I got a copy of a driver's license, even if I just took a picture of it with my cell phone. That way, if somebody at some point says, where did you get this gun? And I say, it came from this person. But if it's somebody you know, don't worry about it. You can buy it. It's perfectly legal. It doesn't have to go through a dealer or no paperwork necessary. Okay, fantastic. And then uh, my other question was, mm-hmm. um, or statement was, I have, I still cannot get over um, the strange fear I have of carrying my Glock 19 uh, with a round chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mainly reholstering that okay. where where I have the fear, and I was just hoping that maybe you could shed some light on it. Maybe I need to change firearms. Sure. Maybe I need to change the way I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, two things. Um, well, first of all, let me start off. It's not bad to have fear. Okay, Fear is what reminds us to be careful. So I don't have a problem with that. Uh, there's nothing inherently dangerous or unsafe about a Glock pistol any more than any other striker-fired pistol without external thumb safety. You are exactly correct to be concerned because you've identified the uh, single failure point, which is reholstering. 
Because if you have your finger inside the trigger guard and you reholster, the gun will do exactly as commanded. It will make a very loud noise. So that's really a training issue. And that's where you go out and you shoot under the instru- uh, eyes of an, a good self-defense instructor who understands all this and is always saying, finger straight, holster. And you'll notice how I just said that. The, the guys I train with, and they will do exactly that. You know, after he shoots, his, and then they'll say, finger straight, and then they slow everything down, holster. The point they're making is you never, ever holster quickly. In fact, Ed Head at Gunsight, he says, after you, you've done your drill and you shot, he says, stop, take a very deep breath. Now, slowly holster. If you do all of that and you're still uncomfortable, or if you say, I've just, I got the heebie-jeebies about this, then I would suggest maybe switch into a gun with a thumb safety on it. You might want to go to a 1911 or another pistol with a thumb safety. Uh, but I really think it's a training and familiarity issue. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you, sh- how much do you shoot your pistol? Well, Never enough, but as much as I can. Well, give me an idea. We talk about uh, 50 rounds a month, uh, 50 rounds uh, a quarter. Maybe 200 a month. 200 a month is pretty good. Are you train shooting at a place where you're allowed to draw and reholster? No. No. See, a lot of ranges won't let you do that. Uh, this is where we're going. I'm going to get you into a place where you can do that. Okay. You know, pick a room in your house, and that's going to now be our holstering and drawing room. Ammo is never, ever, ever allowed to go inside that room. And we go in there, and we draw, and we dry fire, and we practice reholstering. And understand that the emphasis is on practicing reholstering. And if you get a 1,000 draws and reholsters, you will start to feel real comfortable about it. If you don't, then I would say probably you're right. It might be time to take a look at another pistol. I don't know if that helps, okay. but uh, that's that's about what I got for you. Listen, I wish sure. you luck with it. Now, listen, I've got to keep scooting. We really are stacked up today. Let me get to line three. Bill is in uh, Minnesota. Hey, Bill. Hi, Tom. I uh, I'm a four, first time listener, okay. and uh, I'm listening to you on uh, uh, AM eleven hundred flag that's out of Fargo, that's seventy miles south of us. Wonderful. How can I help you? Well, I have a handgun. I bought a uh, a new Beretta 9mm with crimson trace grips. Mm-hmm. And it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a wonderful uh, gun. But I'd like something lighter that it feels like I'm carrying a brick on my hip when I yeah. holster that, that Beretta 9mm. That, that's a big and gun. I'm wondering if you have a suggestion about... Uh, a good lightweight auto that I could buy. There are literally dozens of them, uh, and it, and you you want a crimson trace laser grip, and which is a great yeah. idea. I applaud you for that. They have uh, lasers available for a lot of different pistols. I would say you know look at the Beretta line if you if you're say okay I like Berettas, but if you're not married to Beretta then I would break it out and say, let's look at some of the other major manufacturers. Uh, Springfield Armory, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, uh, Carr, 
and some of the others, what you may want to do, you know, you may, may want to back into this. Let's back into this. If you go to the Crimson Trace uh, website, crimsontrace.com, yeah. and then look at the models they have their lasers for. Yeah. And then start shopping on the basis of, okay, I know I can get a laser for this. Which ones are the small ones? Which ones are the light ones? Start doing your reviews. The problem is you have, it's like calling in and saying, I want, I got a Suburban now. I want a smaller uh, car. What should I get? Well, it's just too big a universe to work with. Yeah, I understand. Okay. But I would do this. I would uh, take a look at, and, and the question is, how small do you want it to be? Do you want it to be like a midsize, a, a compact, or the subcompact? Because right now you have a full-size gun. And then there right. are compacts, and then subcompacts, and, you know, <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you had some advertisement during the break about some uh, small-size Smith & Wesson mm-hmm. uh, bodyguard-type the bodyguard, the bodyguard has a built-in laser, or can, you can get it with a built-in laser, and it's a really nice 380. But there are also, there's also a brand new Smith and Wesson pistol out. We don't even have the commercials for it yet, called the yeah. Shield, S H I E L D, and it's a nine millimeter, and it is delightful. And Crimson Trace has a laser for it. Yeah, and it's it's lightweight then, huh? Yes, very lightweight. It's a single stack, which makes it thin. Very good for concealed carry. <laughs> You might want to take a look at that, um, but like I say, the problem is you're 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 asking it's kind of a wide open question, and you got you really have to narrow it down some more. You need to go look at some more guns or do some more research and get it narrowed down before you can find one you like. Yeah, well, Tom, I'm a first time listener, but boy, I'm hooked, and uh, you've got a, a full time permanent uh, listener now. <laughs> well, and, great. Uh, I really love your show, and thanks for letting me talk. Absolutely. Look, tell your friends. We appreciate you uh, joining us, and thank you for that call. All right. Oh, you know what? I just got a uh, an email from somebody. It says, check this out. Wisconsin has issued 100,000 carry permits in the first six months that it was available. It's no wonder that we keep reading about bodies littering the streets everywhere in Wisconsin. I mean, we knew it would happen because they told us in the paper that if we get concealed carry, people are going to die. There's just going to be blood running like rivers in the streets. And sure enough, it's happened. I mean, every story you hear about Wisconsin is just people dead everywhere, shootings. Er- what? It didn't happen? Again, it didn't happen? Huh. huh. i got to stop reading these newspaper accounts. 100,000 carry permits in Wisconsin. That's outstanding. Uh, line one, uh, Al is with us. Oh, we lost one. Okay, let's go to line two, Barry in Galveston, Texas. Hey, Barry. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to Dwayne on four. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, Tom. Great yes, sir. Job. How can I help you? I was excited about this uh, HR 4269. Okay. Uh, trying to get some get some of this responsibility out there to those that, that make acquisitions. People know that I carry, mm-hmm. and this happened to me in 1999. People know I carry. All somebody has to do is say, you pointed a gun at me, and I went to jail. Really? Really. I had to come up with $2,000. 
so I didn't have to spend the night in jail. But did you, did you get convicted? Were you convicted? Board. Had to buy an attorney and uh, took all that to get out of it. And all the, I never pulled the gun on anybody. I was taking pictures with my Let camera. me ask you, the did you get convicted? I pointed a gun at him. Did you get convicted? No. Okay. Nope. So what you're saying is that... Now, let me back up. How did people know you were carrying? I'm in a small town. Um, I've, I've been around guns all my life. And and mm-hmm. everybody knows that... And I carry open. And, uh, and Okay, so you're carrying open. I carry concealed. Okay. And more and more, I carry concealed all the time. <laughs> That's a good reason. That. You know what? You just made one of the best reasons I can think of I've ever heard for going from open carry to concealed carry. And my whole deal has always been, if you carry concealed, don't tell anybody. And I mean nobody. Don't tell the people you work with. Don't tell your friends. Don't tell your best golfing buddies. Don't tell anybody you carry, ever. Because it's exactly like this. Somebody says, oh, I know he carries. Then uh, he was pointing a camera at me, and they thought maybe, you know, Maybe they thought it was a gun. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they were just wanting to file a charge. But in, but you make an extra point. In the process, you get charged with a felony. You get taken to jail, and you have to pay the money for the defense. And uh, and they didn't. Because, but then it's the state that, that came after me. They didn't come after me uh, civilly. Yeah, no, I understand. That would be what would happen. It wouldn't be the individual. They, he makes the claim, and then the state uh, presses charges. But uh, my take, I, I don't know of anything that can happen. People can file false charges, and they do. And it's just, unfortunately, one of the, the issues out there. And I don't think this bill is going to do anything about it. But I'm going to take from you, and listen, I appreciate the call, this as a, a data point from which we can work. And that is, if you're carrying openly, and pe- people will know you're carrying, they can make a charge. If it's just the two of you, it's a swearing contest. It's, he said, he said. If it's concealed and you're smart enough not to tell anybody that you're carrying, don't tell anybody, then they're not going to make that because they have no idea that you carry the gun. Take away from this, it's concealed. Don't tell anybody. Halfway through, and we're still having fun. It's Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. GunTalk.com on the web. Uh, also, you know, if you miss a show, or if you want to hear it again later, you can just go to GunTalk.com slash listen, and you can drill your way down and find the podcast, which all we do is we archive the shows. We record all of them and make them available for you. So if you've just discovered the show, like a recent caller just said, hey, I just found out about your show, and you like it, I hope you do, uh, you can go back and listen to years' worth of uh, previous shows. Just understand, <laughs> special offers made by advertisers four years ago may not still be applicable, but the ads are still on there. You know, we get a lot of uh, comments from listeners, and sometimes somebody says, have you heard about, have you had anybody on, would you talk about the Appleseed Project? I said, well, I've heard about it. We talked about it a little bit, but 
why don't we have somebody on who can talk about the Appleseed Project? So we're going to do exactly that right now. Now, uh, Josh is with us. Uh, so Josh Strife with the Appleseed Project and uh, going to be talking about exactly that. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. How are you? Excellent. Now, did I get your name right? Is it Josh? It's Joshua Strife, absolutely. Okay, excellent. So tell me about the Appleseed Project. What is it exactly? Well, we're a non-for-profit organization dedicated to teaching American history and heritage and the absolute best and fundamental rifle marksmanship. Those okay. skills that used to be common knowledge that are falling away and that we need to rededicate ourselves to passing them on to our children and our children's children so that they're never lost. And we go out on weekend events, mm -hmm. take people out, all kinds from experienced shooters to brand new ones, and we spend two days working on fundamental rifle marksmanship and talking about the events of the first day of the American Revolution. We spend two days talking about a single day in time because that day is so important as our shared history and our founding moment. We have, uh, again, people of all kinds. We're an all-volunteer organization, and we have a lot of fun, and that's why people hear about us. It's two days. Two days. Now, we okay. do have one-day events. Mm -hmm. We even uh, originally had seven-day events, but we learned how to cram seven days down into two because <laughs> that opened us up to far more people being able to attend. Right. And, you know, spreading gun rights, spreading our history and heritage we really have to reach everybody. This is so important for our future, so important for our children and our children's children's future, that we had to work and find ways to you know, bring everybody who can possibly come to come and be with us. Give me an idea of when you're talking about the first day. I mean, obviously you can't give me the whole day on it, but give me an idea of the first day of the revolution. What are you talking about? Well, we talk about uh, a little bit about the powder alarms and, and what led up to that first day. So that uh, when Paul Revere was woken up by uh, Dr. Warren, and Warren said, the, uh, the regulars are going out. Gage has decided to send these men out to capture the powder in Connecticut, sorry, in Concord, and to arrest Hancock and Adams, and they're leaving now. Today's the day, and Revere is ready and has plans in place. What led us to that point? What led... Uh, a bunch of farmers to a point where they were prepared and ready to protect their freedoms. And, and what led, um, you know, General Gage and the powers that be of the empire to, uh, to be at a point where they felt they had to gather up powder and had to arrest people without charge. So really the what? American Revolution started about gun control. Absolutely. Um, General Gage grew, you know, he started out, and he was the uh, military leader at Boston. He was uh, in charge of the entire uh, colonies. And originally, he, he was very much a friend with the colonists. Uh, he liked them so much, he married one. His wife was a colonist. Mm -hmm. um, but times had gotten tough. Uh, they went through some tough economic times. New taxes came along. Uh, the king of the parliament grew increasingly frustrated with a, uh, a cantankerous bunch of uh, what Gage saw as anarchists. When he looked at town hall meetings, he didn't look at them uh, happily. He, he saw anarchy when he should have seen democracy. But uh, he got frustrated, and, and he decided that this generation might, in fact, be lost, but the next generation 
might be better as colonists if they could be disarmed, if they could be um, uh, fundamentally weakened in their ability uh, to uh, be forced uh, against their will uh, into taxes like the Tax Act, etc. Let, let me let me jump in here because obviously we don't have a lot of time here, but obviously you teach shooting and there's a lot of shooting here, but this is also, okay, it's so, certainly history, but this is also politics, is it not? Well, it is and it isn't. We're a funny mix. We do not talk about American politics because we believe, uh, as far as modern politics, because we believe that everyone must be reached. And when you get too close to talking about American politics, you shut off at least 40% of the country. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this world at this time in America, it's very easy to get caught up between the pro-gun people and the anti-gun people. And in reality, there are two kinds of people. There are those who have been out and had a fun time shooting, and there are those who haven't yet. And the whole key to what we're doing, in part, is to get those who've never gone out and shot a, f- a firearm, to give them a chance to do that. And 54% of those people who attend an apple seed have either never fired a firearm before in their life or have gone out and maybe shot a few rounds once. Do we are bringing have... in people who are cutting tape on boxes that they bought a year or two ago and have never uh-huh. fired them. Or people who are looking to find out you know, what kind of firearm they should buy. And what kind of shooting do you do critical. there? Now, we are about politics, and here's what we're about. Our ancestors ended up in a really terrible situation in which they were presented with two paths they could choose from. One was subjugation, truly being subjects of the realm in the most terrific of ways. Or they could choose eight years of bloody, bloody war, terrible choices. In their victories, in their sacrifices, they left a third path to us. And that path is the path of citizenship. We are not subjects of anyone. We are citizens if we but act like it. Hey, Josh, uh, Josh, Josh, let me ask you, because we only got about a minute left here. What kind of shooting are people going to do when they come to an Appleseed program? What kind of shooting are they going to do? Yes. They're going to do standing, sitting, and prone classical positions. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to shoot between 450 and 600 rounds over the space of a weekend. They're going to work originally at 25 yards, and then if we have the distance, we move all the way out to 500 yards so that they can hit a 20-inch by 20-inch plate at 500 yards by the time we're done. What's it cost? For men, uh, it's $70 for the weekend. For women and children, for women, it's $10 for the weekend. For children, it's $5 for the weekend. Law enforcement, military, and uh, elected representatives, all free. And do you have to bring your own gun, or can you get one there? If you need a rifle, we have loaner rifles. Uh, and what you just need to do is let a shoot boss know ahead of time that uh, you need one, and we'll make sure something gets taken care of for you. Not a problem. Okay, and where can people find more out about this? They need to come to appleseedusa.org. That's appleseedusa.org. And they can find out all about what's going on in their state and what's going on nationally. Excellent. Look, I am all in favor of people getting involved and and finding out more about shooting. And the Appleseed program obviously gets a lot of people out there who have never shot before. So uh, good on you guys. Thank you very much. All right. Listen, thank you so much for uh, joining us. All right. 866-TALK-GUNS. Be back in just a minute. No one builds better safes than Liberty Safe. 
Liberty safes are bigger, stronger, and offer the best fire protection on the market today. In fact, Liberty backs each safe with a lifetime free replacement warranty. Don't wait until it's too late to protect your valuables. Go to LibertySafe.com, click on Fat Boy, and enter promo code TOM for up to $250 off a Liberty Safe. Buy a Liberty Safe today. Liberty Safe. Better security, better value. The Ruger American Rifle, an American legend is born. The Ruger American Rifle is a 100% American-made firearm that offers outstanding performance at a great price. It features power bedding integral bedding blocks for outstanding accuracy, a Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger for a crisp user-adjustable 3-5 to pound trigger pull, a flush-fit 4-round rotary magazine for smooth, reliable feeding, and a short 70-degree bolt throw for ample scope clearance and fast follow-up shots. Help Ruger raise $1 million for the NRA. Visit Ruger.com slash million to learn more. Small. Powerful. The Springfield Armory XDS is everything you need for concealed carry. Only 21 and a half ounces and only one inch thick makes it easy to carry all day. The 45 ACP caliber is surprisingly easy to shoot and gives you the power you need. The Springfield Armory XDS, noticeably unnoticeable. For more, go to XDSPistol.com. That's XDSPistol.com. What's the must-have addition to your AR-15? It's the new modular vertical foregrip from Crimson Trace. It's a light, it's a laser, it's a foregrip. And of course, the light and laser activate by simply gripping the foregrip. There's three modes for both laser and light for customization. To see more, go to crimsontrace.com. That's crimsontrace.com. Sometimes you just have to shake your head. Uh, I'm looking at yet another editorial. This is entitled, Continued Lack of Gun Control Means No End to Tragic Campus Shootings. Recent university shootings are proof that gun control laws are needed to end senseless shootings. And the whole point of it is that we just don't have any gun control laws. Yeah, we only got 22,000 gun control laws. 22,000 isn't enough. Of course, avoiding the whole obvious aspect of this is school shootings are in the gun-free zones. You're not allowed to have a gun there, right? So crooks can't bring guns in there. People who want to murder people can't bring guns into the gun-free zone. Lack of gun control laws, really. Uh huh. How about if we did this? Let's Let's pass this law. In order to buy a handgun, you've got to be 21 from a, from a dealer. In order to buy a long gun from a dealer, you've got to be 18. Uh, you cannot own a gun if you are a convicted felon. Uh, let's do this. Every time you buy a gun from a, a licensed firearm dealer, the FBI has to be consulted on that, and they have to okay every single purchase. Oh, no, yeah. If you want to become a f- licensed firearms dealer, you have to go to the federal government and say, Mother, may I? You don't have to do that for any other kind of business, or very rarely. And let's see, every single product that we sell will have a serial number on it that will be recorded as it is manufactured and recorded as it's transferred. Let's, that, wouldn't that make good, well, wait, oh yeah, that's right, those are already laws. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we do have quite a few gun control laws. But it's interesting that we have people writing editorials and say, our lack of gun control laws 
Well, actually, this one says it's proof that gun control laws are needed. In other words, we don't have any gun control laws. I, I don't know. Just shaking head mode here. Uh, line one, Joe's with us, Springfield, Louisiana. Hello there. How you doing, Joe? Hello there, Greg Enabler. Yes, sir. You've done it again. What'd you get? You and Smith and Wesson made me buy another gun. Talk uh, to me. <laughs> I got that uh, little nine M&P shield, and that is oh. one sweet I just wanted well, to give you a field report. Uh, talk, tell me about it. In my regular M&P, but it breaks like glass. It is super neat. It's uh, it's small. It's thin. Uh, how's it shoot? I mean, that, and I'm not kidding. I know people are saying, oh, he's a shield for Smith & Wesson. This thing has a truly exceptional trigger, doesn't it? It does. Like I said, it's, it's a little heavier than my M&P 40, but when it breaks, it, like I said, it just breaks like glass. It's, it's gone, you know. And it, it, it is. It's, it's really how's your accuracy? Clean trigger. How's the accuracy? Uh, just as good as my full-size 9. I don't have a problem huh. with it. At, and, at 20, 25 feet, I would put them in the same group as I was with the full-size man. Right. And how about this, when you try to tell somebody about the size and how flat it is for concealed carry? Yeah. That's why I bought it, is because I wanted something to carry as an ankle, um, second backup firearm, or, you know, uh, the front inside the pants um, mm-hmm. uh, firearm. And it's going to work out perfect for either one of them. Oh, and by the way, uh, Crimson Trace already has a laser for that. It uh, goes on the front of the trigger guard. It's really slick. So if you have yep. an interest in lasers, that's that's a slick addition for that. Yep, I was looking at it on a Smith & Wesson site. It was pretty slick. <laughs> okay. Hey, Joe, thank you for the uh, field report. I always like to get reports from people who have actually uh, purchased one of these new guns. So thank you, sir. I'm going to go down and pick up Jim real fast. He's been on hold for a little while on line three. Jim, you're on Gun Talk. Good morning, or good afternoon, and thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, I was calling about uh, the NRA meeting in St. Louis. Uh-huh. Uh, did you happen to hear Mitt Romney's speech and uh, how was he received? I'm not a Mitt Romney fan, but uh, it looks like he's going to be our choice. Yeah, I was as I told, how the people I, felt about him. I was being interviewed on another radio show earlier this morning. They asked me about that. I said, I said, you got to understand, I wouldn't walk across the street to hear a politician talk. Uh, I mean, that's just where I am. So, no, I didn't go hear Mitt or Newt or anybody else. And, yes, he didn't mention the uh, NRA very much. And, yes, he's going to be our guy. He's not perfect, and I'm not a huge Mitt fan. But it, all that matters is, is he better than Obama? Then the answer is clearly yes. Then he's my guy. So as far as how, how he's received, honestly, it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. Uh He's the candidate, and Barack Obama will appoint more super anti-gun Supreme Court justices. He's already put two on there. If we get the next one on and we switch the balance, we lose the Second Amendment. Real simple. We lose. People say, oh, no, no. Yeah, we lose the Second Amendment at that point. So is Mitt perfect? No. But he's not Obama, which makes him really, really good.
All right, back with you here, 866-TALK-GUNS, line four. Mark's with us out of Illinois. Hello, Mark. Hi, uh, Tom. Um, Such Double Zero on YouTube had a video on the uh, Bushmaster version of the AR, and at one point in the video he talks about that after the Beltway Sniper incident, uh, Bushmaster was sued and they settled out of court. Now, you probably can't blame Bushmaster for settling out of court. They probably felt they were in a in a no win situation at this point. They needed to make this go away. So they, but when companies settle out of court, and of course this was before the um, lawful commerce and arms bill, the uh, Keller decision, the McDonald decision. But how much damage do they do to our cause in terms of causing other people or encouraging other people to sue gun manufacturers? They don't do any damage to the cause at all. They don't. No. Uh, look, here's the deal. Do you own a business by any chance? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. If you own a business and you have insurance, if you get sued, you don't get to decide what happens. Oh, really? Your insurance company says, we're going to settle. And if you I say, think... I don't want to settle, they say, well, then you're not insured. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they say, okay, here's the deal. Somebody sued you on a, an injury claim, and they'll take ten thousand. They're they're suing for half a million, but they'll take ten thousand. And the insurance company says, we're going to pay them the ten. You say, well, that's just wrong. They say, it doesn't matter. We're going to do this. If you want to fight it on your own, that's fine. But you will have no insurance co- coverage on this. I see. So don't don't read a lot into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, because it's just, you know, that's the way it is, and people need to understand that, you know, nobody ever reads their insurance policies. I mean, who would? (laughs) They're they're impossible to understand. But if you ever read one, you'd go, holy smoke. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, as far as it doing any harm to the cause, I don't think so, because actually, as you point out, since then, we've gotten the Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, we've gotten Heller, we've gotten McDonald. We've gotten a number of other cases. Uh, we're doing much, much better when it comes to gun rights in the last decade than we were doing before. And that's going to continue as long as people get their heads on straight. By the way, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you a real personal question. Are you registered to vote? Oh, yes. Okay. I, because, I voted in the primary, too. Good deal. Because that's that's my personal beef, and that's going to be my drum that I'm going to beat for a while here is that it's amazing to me. Did you know that half half the NRA members are not even registered to vote? Oh, that's scary. Isn't that amazing? Half the people who are, and you think people people who are you know, politically astute or politically active, they're not even registered to vote. Forget that they don't vote. They can't vote. So, And, and that, of course, that goes across the board. That's not just NRA. It's everywhere. So mm-hmm. there you go. I like that. Uh, Jim says if you don't vote, you can't bitch. There you go. So, okay. if, you know, <laughs> but good for you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the call. Yeah, everybody, if you're not registered to vote, now's the time because you'll forget it later. Make a note, put a sticky on your refrigerator. Tell your wife to remind you because she'll remember and you won't. And of course, you got to vote. And people say, well, you know, I'm not real crazy about any of the candidates. I don't care. Grow up. Grow up. You're not going to get the perfect one. It's not going to run. 
Are you going to run? No. You're not going to put up with that stuff. So we're going to get what we get. So you take the one that can do you some good, because you're not going to get the one that's going to do everything for you, because nobody can do that anyway. So this year it's going to be Mitt Romney. And if you don't like him, too bad. Hold your nose, pull the lever. Or get somebody else to hold your nose. Or take a clothespin in with you. Do what you got to do, you know. But you got to register to vote first.